This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmonios.com. I am back talking about the Kamen Rider manga, the original Kamen Rider, Kamen Rider manga. I have the Seven Seas collection. This is part three, The Resurrected Cobra Man, and this is an omnibus um, collecting all of Kamen Rider manga, plus some little special things that I've never seen before, especially like ten years ago or more when I bought the Comixology edition of the Kamen Rider manga. Uh, so, Shocker is depraved and terrible, and for some reason this cobra woman, or this snake woman, is going around poisoning the dogs of children, or dogs of people in general, because they can kind of detect that she's a cyborg or a modified human of sorts, so she poisons them with some sort of toxin, some sort of venom, that causes them to go crazy and attack people, even their owners. So, uh, Hongo's walking by in this town where there's these protests going on, and uh, some people have been murdered by Shocker, uh, unbeknownst to him. And a dog, his pet dog, is attacking his owner. The dog's name is Dolly for some reason, like Salvador Dolly, I guess? Anyway, this dog, which is rendered very nicely by Ishinomori, attacks the boy and tries to uh, hurt him, actually tries to hurt these little girls, and Hongo comes along and he cracks the dog, he kicks him in the jaw, hurts him real bad, and the dog ends up eventually dying, but it's more due to Shocker's uh, inf interference and influence than, uh, you know, him actually killing it. But, you know, he did what he had to to protect this kid, and then he ends up taking this kid into his home, into the Hongo Manor, Hongo Mansion, and he's taking care of him, and at one point Hongo starts crying because he realizes, or, you know, he's thinking about it, and it's hitting him that this boy's an orphan, and this boy's been orphaned because of Shocker's evil, and their greed, and their maleficence, and he, another victim of Shocker, is kind of all this kid has. Of course, Tobey and uh, Ruriko are going to help as well, um, but... It's a touching moment because he's bringing the kid home because he's he's got no other place to go, no place to be, except for with this lonely cyborg man who's more of a monster than a man and who's fighting for his own soul against, again, the people who did this to him, who perpetrated these crimes on him, and who have inflicted crime and pain and murder against this boy and his father. I mean, obviously the kid's still alive, but they'd kill him if they could. Um, so that's pretty intense, pretty moving. And... We have the Cobra Man coming to attack Hongo, and it's never really gone into specifically why Cobra Man is so upset with Hongo. I believe he calls him a traitor at some point, so it seems like, you know, being brainwashed and whatnot, he is loyal to Shocker entirely, and he's upset with Hongo for, uh, or Takeshi, I should say, I guess, um, for abandoning Shocker and abandoning the mission and fighting on the side of normal people, and he wants to take him out for that reason, because he's a zealot and a true believer, but he also wants to take him out, I believe, for his own glory and aggrandizement, and he wants to, <laughs> he wants Senpai to notice him, he wants the great leader to, or do they call him supreme leader in this? I'm not sure, anyway, he wants to please him, and he basically goes rogue during an operation and tries to kill Hongo, and it draws, well, yeah, he goes rogue and tries to kill Hongo, and it ends up getting him in big heap trouble, and he ends up ends up almost getting killed. But what's interesting is that he's so hateful of this guy, and that when he's on his deathbed, the snake woman is actually, a Princess Medusa, they call her, um, is able to actually convince uh, the Supreme Leader, along with Cobran himself, that um, they should invest the money into him and rebuild him so that he can kill Hongo. And 
or Kamen Rider. And I like that Supreme Leader says something along the lines of, do you have any idea how much money and resources we put into making you guys? And uh, I swear, if you fail, I'm going to kill you myself. And, uh, you know, it's pretty intense, but it also does make sense that they would have, you know, real resources that they're using. And they're even pulling off a heist of gold bars from this, uh, I don't know, Fort Knox type place in Japan. Oh, it's, it's funny. It's called like Japan's number one gold bar house or something like that, which is a very funny title. And it sounds, uh, probably accurate, but it's like, I think that's Ichiban, right? Ichiban such and such. It's the number one thing in Japan. Um, so that was kind of fun. But, uh, yeah, the Cobra Man tells Hongo about that and Hongo ends up going and fighting him. And, uh, he's just, he thinks he's luring Hongo into a trap, but, you know, Hongo's pretty powerful, so he overcomes him, and in the end, even after he's been remodified, or, you know, modified and resurrected, uh, he still gets defeated, but then there's this really tragic twist, and I wanted to focus on this idea that, like, the this Cobra Man and then Medusa, Princess Medusa, hate Hongo so much for their own various reasons that their hatred of him actually is toxic to themselves. It's it's a venom or poison unto themselves, and it ends up destroying them. Cobra Man is so overconfident in his abilities and in this new body that Shock has given him, which he gets a pretty wicked, uh, like, flamethrower cobra thing going on uh, on his arm, and uh, that's really cool, but he thinks he can defeat Hongo because of that, and he's not able to, and he ends up getting killed, and then... Oh, he ends up almost getting defeated, and then Cobra Woman comes at Hongo with a vengeance, and she ends up killing her former lover, Cobra Man, with the lasers coming out of the little head snakes that she's got, because she's, you know, Princess Medusa. And then she ultimately kills herself because she's so heartbroken and embittered by what her hatred and her desire for vengeance against Hongo has driven her to do, which is, again, kill her own lover, tragically. And... It's really sad, and at the end of the fight, Hongo, he's in his writer suit, but you can see they're both heaped on the floor dead, and the wind is howling, and he's standing there uh, with his shoulders slumped, and I think he even sighs. Like, there's, it doesn't say sound effect sigh, but it shows like a puff of breath. Well, it's either them murmuring, uh, or it's him sighing, and it's just, it's really sad, because you can see, you know, he's got all this power, and he's able to overcome you know, the physical odds and the physical fight and attacking these people, but they're basically his brothers and, you know, sister, and he's forced to fight them, and they want him dead so desperately, and it's so dramatic that they'll even put themselves at a disadvantage and basically put themselves in a position where they will be killed by him because he is going to kill them to save himself, just like he was going to kill that dog to save those kids. He's going to kill them to preserve his own life so that he can continue to fight against Shocker no matter how much it hurts, and it's really sad and really tragic, and it's, I don't know, it's intense. So, anyway, where Hongo's sighing there, it's probably my most emotional page or panel, and for the next one, the the best art, or my favorite art, which actually almost ties for being the most uh, emotional page or panel, is this page where Hongo takes off his mask, and he can see his scars. I think it's, like, an in-between, like, a break after Cobra Man escapes, or presumably dies the first time and Hongo gets the kid home or something like that um he's he ends up getting changed out of his clothes but he sees the scars on his face and he says that his face is the real man even scarred as it is uh scarred as it is it's 
still a mask. And uh, it's the mask of this terrible cyborg that has such profound, such prodigious strength that if he's not careful, he will hurt anybody who he shakes hands with or touches or whatever. And um, there's just a lot of pathos and pain here. And I think this is the panel also where he talks about how the fellow shocker cyborgs are people he has to fight and kill ultimately because, you know, that's what Shocker wills. Shocker wills that they contend with each other for power so that Shocker can exert its, you know, its power and influence over the world. And it's just, it's so awful and so tragic for him. But I love these looks at his face. Um, I love the scars. I love the, I don't like the energy and the momentum in the top panel where he's pulling the mask off of his, uh, you know, off of his head, and uh, you can see this either in the video version or in the show notes on the website. I'll have the these images posted. And anyway, it's just it's really impactful stuff, and it's really impressive. Uh, I like the different angles. We get to see him looking one way, looking the other way, and then we get to see his back and see. I think well, there's definitely muscles, but I think there's scarring there too, and almost like the way he's turned away from the camera in the bottom panel where he's. Uh, going on about more stuff. It's almost like he's turning away from the audience in shame. Like he can't even bear to be seen, uh, you know, or see, you know, he, he can't bear to look us in the eye as he is, you know, expounding on the torment that he feels and, you know, just what Shocker has done to him and how he's, you know, barely a man now. He's turned into a monster. And it's just, that's the pathos that I love in Common Rider. And uh, it's just great artwork. Like, yeah, I mean, the details on the helmet look super cool. Um, you know, the way the scars work is neat. Just, it's just, it's beautiful artwork, and I, I absolutely love it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I like. What was your favorite panel though in this? What do you think is the best artwork in this uh, part three? And what what do you think is the most emotional, most emotionally impactful bit of uh, artwork, or I guess bit of story if it's like something in dialogue as opposed to a uh, an image that you can see. Uh, also, if you look in the video version, you can see the thumbnail that will be used for the audio-only version of the episode. Oh, I, uh, I kind of subtitled this thing as Serpent's Spite, because it's all about the spite of these Cobra people and how it destroys others and ultimately themselves and how tragic that is. And you could say that Hongo's even experiencing some of that, being the guy who has to you know, deal death to these people that he wouldn't want to fight with. And, uh, otherwise. And yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. And, but also I want to let you know that if you subscribe to the audio only version of this, you will get it before anybody else does. You'll get it a couple hours before it goes up on the, uh, website on mjmunoz.com and you'll get it, uh, even more hours because a few hours after it goes up on the website, it'll go up on the uh, video platforms. So you can subscribe to the RSS feed and get it in your podcatcher of whatever description as soon as it's available. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, except I will encourage you to go to the website and find some of the Growbug books, which are books inspired by Tokusatsu, uh, including Common Rider, and check those out for yourself and see how you like them. If, see if the physical, eventual physical release of those with full illustrations is something that you'd be interested in checking out. Anyway, until next time, folks, I hope that you take care of yourselves and that you be well. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This 
has been a Story Over Everything production.